Hello humans of triathlon and welcome to the hot podcast where we bring you the ordinary but extraordinary world of triathlon one human one story at a time with the aim to inspire and to celebrate this life-changing sport and its humans through real authentic raw and enjoyable conversations with triathletes from all around the globe and from all walks of life I'm Swapnil Chauhan here with my co-host Charles Hunk and Radmom Robin along with an amazing guest When people first look at the sport of triathlon, they may be intimidated by the array of lycra-clad Strava-armed athletes and think to themselves they have too many challenges to join the ranks. Perhaps they were not athletic as kids, or they feel that they're too old now, or they have health issues or addictions that they believe they cannot overcome. But today's guest should turn all of those fears on their heads. Not even taking a first running step or entering a gym until age 50, She has overcome alcohol and drug addiction and faced her own fears and challenges to thrive in the sport of triathlon. Now a coach and a determined inspiration to others, she has earned the title of Ironman. And more importantly, she is iron in spirit. Please welcome to the show, Suzanne Martin. Hi. (laughs) Hi, Suzanne. What an introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it is well earned. Thank you. How are you feeling, Suzanne? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Good. Thanks for having yeah. me. No, no, no. We're so excited to have you here today. And uh, actually, what normally the first thing that we do, obviously, is we provide the guests with this amazing intro that Robin has just uh, has made. But then we want to sort of uh, give our listeners that sort of feel of cozy, cozy with the guest. So we try to go to the regions, right? So uh-huh. if you want why don't we start by just going into the past a little bit into okay. your childhood any 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 sort of time that you think will be appropriate to sort of understand uh, where you come from and people have that sort of feeling okay um well, you kind of alluded to it in the intro uh, i have absolutely no athletic background i was raised um Never, I don't remember ever being encouraged to do any kind of sports. Of course, we played outside, but um, I actually came from a family of alcoholics. And so uh, childhood was uh, tumultuous at at best uh, a lot of the time. And we moved around a lot. We started in New York in Niagara Falls and ended up in Oregon. So we moved a lot. I went to like 13 different schools before I made it to junior high. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, so I, I always say that made me uh, able to adapt and make friends because I had to. Um, but but never really got into any organized sports or anything like that. And so I think it, I, as I look back over the years, of course, I feel my parents did the best they could with what they had, but you know, I just uh, I was in survival mode. I think a lot of my uh, youth, and my school years, and then I became I started drinking uh, in high school, as small town kids are want to do sometimes, <laughs> and then I was active in that that addiction, alcohol and drugs, for about twenty five years. Oh, 
So again, never, never really got into sports or anything like that. So, yeah. So it's 25 years straight from high school. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it progressed. It, it, it was slow at first (laughs) and then life happened and I, you know, I moved to Utah and I got married and I had kids and it actually, uh, kind of peaked, um, after my youngest son was born. I, uh, it's when I got into drugs a little bit heavier and, um, so what? It became a problem. What was it that drew you to it? I don't know. That's a good question. I think it's, I, I believe it's genetic. But then, uh, you know, I think I was just always trying to find myself. I was, I was trying to uh, not feel pain, which I think is, is common with uh, addiction. Um, and I, I don't know. It's, you know, there's a whole lot of psychology behind it probably has a lot to do with my childhood, but, um, I try not to dwell on that part of it. Now I've, I, once things turned around, which we'll get to probably, I, I decided I was not blaming anyone for anything. And I just had to take responsibility for, for myself. And, and that's when things started changing. What drew you out of it? What was kind of the catalyst Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, my dad, Find a different path. yeah, my dad actually, uh, died from alcoholism and, um, that kind of began my journey. It took me five years once, um, I kind of made the realization that I was following heavily into his footsteps before I actually got completely sober because I was trying to find the easier, softer way and wanted other people to fix me and wasn't willing to do the work. And, uh, this, this to me relates to triathlon in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, once I decided that I, I needed to do this, well, I also wanted to do it for my family and I, I wanted to get sober for all the wrong reasons. Um, and once I finally realized that I needed to do it for me first and then everything else would fall into place, um, then I started becoming successful at it. So. So it was five years from from start till till I actually put down my last drink. And so what what was your age like at the time? I was forty two. Forty two. Any forty two? At the end of five years, forty seven. Yeah, and and now I've been I've been sober eighteen years now. Wow. So then, when once I thank you, <laughs> once I got sober, then you know it still wasn't. I still had a lot of work to do and I still. So what was that process? Well, I, I just, uh, I think once I got sober, it was, I just kind of sat in a stagnant state for a while. I had ballooned up to about 250 pounds after my last son was born. And, uh, so I, I was sober, but I wasn't necessarily happy with myself, but I didn't know what to, or healthy and didn't know what to do about it. So that journey took another, you know, nine years (laughs) before I I kept making little strides toward it, towards it, but never really wholeheartedly, um, understood the fitness world or anything. And then after I turned 50, uh, my husband and I, uh, he had had, he's always been very active, and he had had a bunch of surgeries, uh, knees and shoulders and Achilles and things like that, where he had lost a lot of muscle mass. So 
we decided we were going to join a gym and we started working with a trainer and I had never walked into a gym. So I had no idea what I was doing. And so we worked out with this trainer a couple of times a week. And then I decided I wanted to go more, but I went and didn't know what to do. So I walked on the treadmill and then, then started walking outside a little bit more and uh, then just started getting into it more and, and then started really watching, uh, changing my eating habits. And within a few years, I had dropped almost, um, probably almost a hundred pounds at one point. Wow. Yeah. So I think this transformation has been sort of, from what I hear is very self guided, no? And I think that's something like very admirable because, uh, sometimes we hear people, like we interview a lot of people and they say, always have to, they needed some help. They needed some nudging. They, had to go to some specialists or whatever. But from what I hear from your case, it's like you, you slowly, obviously it took you 25 uh, years of your life, right? But after that, you sort of slowly started to get rid of drugs and the alcohol. And then you, and, and this is all just because you, you felt it and you, you, you took action by yourself. And then you slowly started to get into the, into the, the, the fitness part of it. And I think that's very very admirable definitely to to hear from from our, one of our guests thank you yeah it was uh it was a challenge i remember um so i ended up going to this gym and working with these trainers quite a bit and go, starting to go daily and doing harder workouts and i remember one day oh, so i had never ran at all and i remember one day the workout of the day was to run two miles and i looked at the trainer and said outside really what <laughs> And uh, so we went out and, and I was able to run the whole, first, it was just an out and back, you know, for a mile. And uh, I was able to run the first mile. And then coming back, of course, I, I couldn't run the whole way. And she stayed with me and we kind of ran, walked the whole thing. And then I couldn't walk for almost a week because my hip flexors hurt so bad. <laughs> and and then I, you know, I, I always... I've learned not to say never. Um, I've, that was the year I decided that I could never run, but then I ended up, so that was like March or April. And I decided that I would sign up for a half marathon, which was going to be in October, but I have to do things logically. And so first I had to find a 5k to run and then I had to run a 10k and then continued to train that summer to run this uh, half marathon, which didn't kill me. <laughs> I think that's a great lesson right there because I think there's sort of a, um, a feeling sometimes in people that you have to jump right into the deep end and you know, you really can just wade your way down. You can. And that it's, it's <laughs> the way my whole uh, journey has been um, just a little bit here and there. And the next year is when I signed up to do my very first uh, triathlon, which was a novice triathlon at a local pool here and it literally I was doing it with children it was three laps of swimming <laughs> two and a half miles of a bike and a mile and a half run and it scared me so bad that I was actually puking in the bathroom before because <laughs> because I'd never done anything like that before what was the most intimidating part of it for you I think just the whole thing, just an organized event like that. Um, and, and 
probably being afraid to fail that I wasn't, I wasn't going to be able to do it. Um, I actually made my husband sign up for it with me and he's, he's not a runner at all. And he, uh, we finished, I finished, I mean, it, it probably took not 30 minutes to do this whole thing. Right. And, uh, I was hooked. I said, Oh, I can do, I can do the sprint distance now. I, I think I could do that. And he said, well, you have fun with that. Um, I'm not going to do another one with you. <laughs> <laughs> So you got bit and he didn't necessarily. That's right. That's right. And what happened was working out with these uh, at the gym that I was at, how I got into triathlon is that one of the trainers was uh, training for her Ironman, for her first Ironman. So I was hanging out with some, I always say it, I I got started hanging out with these people and and they kind of suck you in. Somehow she convinced me that I could do this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh and that must have seemed crazy at the time like just looking at an iron man yeah i'm like 52 53 years old at the time for me thinking oh my gosh i could never do something like that i can barely do this this little tiny triathlon that i'm gonna do so it was uh, it was a huge challenge but yeah once i did it i i said oh i can do the next level but i could never do an open water and you can tell what happened after that <laughs> did an open water. yeah your pictures show a fair bit of open water people in wetsuits and lakes that's right and- i i've <laughs> always been asked throughout these years eight or nine years um what my favorite part of which if my, my favorite sport is and i I've, I've always said i don't like any of them i just like all of it together and i love the community but i would venture to say now that my favorite is the swimming because I've overcome so much fear, um, in be able, being able to do it. And I love guiding, uh, people out in open water swims now. So. And what, what was exactly that thing that made you, uh, fearful of the water? Well, I never learned how to swim. Just swimming. I was a kid. Okay. Yeah. I, I just, I, I could play in the water. I could survive the water, but I never learned a proper, uh, swim stroke or, or anything structured. And when, when I first went to the pool, I couldn't swim 25 yards without stopping. I had to stop in the middle of the, the lane, um, because I didn't know what I was doing. And, and it, I would get water and I would think I was choking to death and I'd have to stop. And now I've, as you know, as you get, get used to it, you know, something like that happens, you just keep going and you, it, it doesn't kill you. (laughs) <laughs> so how did you move from swimming to swim coach did you have coaching or no I uh, uh well I after I did triathlon for a few years um and the I had I had a great coach and a friend the one who was doing her Ironman and and she was so kind and caring and encouraging and stuff I thought I can do this I I want to help other people and especially what I like to do is take people, when you say triathlon, the first thing they say to you is, oh, I could never do the swim or I could never do a triathlon. I'm too old. I'm too big. I'm too I, whatever. I, do, I just can't do it. And and I just look at them and say, you're saying that to the very wrong person. <laughs> exactly. Because if I can do this, everyone can do it. <laughs> so I, I just uh, signed up to take a coaching 
course with USA Triathlon and and became a certified coach and uh, just started trying to bring more people into the sport. So what would your like 40-year-old self say if it looked if you looked at yourself now? <laughs> that there's no possible way that this is who I am. Um, I, I've just joked that, in fact, I was at a race yesterday and, uh, I, you know, it was one where they wrote your age. It was a small local one, but they wrote your age on your calf. And this random couple came up to me before the race and said, we just have to tell you, there is no way that you are 61 years old. We cannot even believe that that is your age. So, um, what, what has happened in the last 10 years is that I feel like I've gotten I'm regressing. I've gotten younger because I was never active. And now I can't imagine not spending a couple hours, at least an hour or two a day, you know, doing something uh, active. And uh, there's no way my 40 year old self that weighed 250 pounds would have ever believed it, that this could be me. And I have to testify, I have seen your Instagram pictures and you definitely do not look 61. eh? So it, it is a fact. Thank you. Yeah, Thank I was you. thinking the same thing. Wow. Thanks. Yeah, we had a guy named Chris Choi on one of our previous episodes from New York. And he was a drug addict himself and dealt with some men- mental illness as well. So one thing he said was, um, once an addict, always an addict. And he basically just replaced his drug addiction with a healthy one of triathlon. So do you also believe in once an addict, always an addict? I do. And, and I have said over and over again that triathlon is my addiction. And I used to tell my husband in the beginning that it was cheaper than drugs and alcohol, but he'd probably argue with me now. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not sure about that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Questionable. Exactly. As, as I progressed, oh, I didn't, uh, on my first triathlon, all I had was a mountain bike. So my first two I did with my mountain bike, and then I put road tires on a mountain bike um, and finished the year out. I did two or three that year, and and then I progressed to a road bike. But, yeah, now I have a, a, a tri-bike that probably rivals my drug use money. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and, and that's the other thing is telling people that they don't have to go out. Oh, in fact, a, a, the owner of a bike shop came and did a clinic. Uh, for us before I did that try. And, and he, he's an owner of a bike shop. And he said, you don't need to go buy a new bike. You know, he was very encouraging. He goes, you just use whatever you have. And at that time I had this old mountain bike. And so I, I really appreciated his not trying to sell, you know, a bike. He goes, wait and see if you want to, if you really want to continue in this sport before you start making expenditures. So, so again, that was the stepping stone uh, mentality that I had where I just used what I had to start. So it sounds like you've had a number of people along the way that were sort of touchstones that, that helped you kind of make that next leap, even if it was just a small, you know, phrase or something they said, you don't have to buy a new bike or can you tell us about any more of those sort of incidents that bumped you along the path? Um, well, the, the whole triathlon community is wonderful and I've met people from all over the world in the last few years, but in, in, um, Utah, um, we have a great community here and, and I was fortunate to, 
to get involved with um, the group that I am now, the people. It wasn't organized at that time, but it is now. Um, there are a few, a few of the coaches, and and they just. I remember going out for my first open water swim, and I'd I'd never heard of you know I didn't know what a wetsuit was, and and just having them take take you out and just stay with you in the water, you know, so that you're not freaking out and, and telling you that you can do it. And so it's people like that, that have shaped again, the way I try to do it, the way I try to encourage people and, and my family, uh, even though they think this whole sport is crazy, my husband has always said, this is really great for you. And, and, uh, you know, you do what you want to do with it. And he's always encouraged me. He's never come to any of my big races because he goes, why would I want to stand around for eight or 17 hours or whatever, <laughs> and watch people do this? He says, but you go on ahead and, and you just do it. So, so his encouragement has been really wonderful for me too. Not the best spectator sport. Because he's seen the alternative. He's seen the alternative of where I was. So, so how, how do you, how did you put your ego aside when you're just starting out? You know, you're overweight. You, especially when maybe you started swimming, you said first race with was with all these kids. So how do you put your ego aside and say that I'm going to do this still? Um, because I want to do it for myself. Um, this group that I I talk about that I I coach with this group now. Um, it is, it's a lot of elite pro and junior elite athletes. So when we do group workouts, um, swims, bikes or whatever, I, I am literally one of, I'm one of the oldest and then I'm also one of the slowest. Um, but it doesn't, I don't know. It just doesn't bother me because I'm out here. It's like when I'm racing, I'm just doing it for myself. Um, so if, if I'm, you know, way, way far behind on a bike ride, it's okay. Uh, because I'm, I'm just getting, I'm at my level and I'm not trying to be at somebody else's level. I don't know. I don't know how that, uh, ego kind of gets put to the side, but I think it, I think it all is related to the whole recovery and everything in that. I just, am trying to do this for myself and, and I'm not comparing myself to anybody else. Yeah. And I think that's one of the mistakes that a lot of people make. Uh, when they start in the sport, no, not even when they start in the sport, when they're already inside the sport, you know, they, they start to compare themselves uh, whenever the results come and you see the times, oh, I'm so bad at the swim, oh, I'm so bad at the run. Uh, but what people sometimes fail to realize is that once you are doing, you've done two, three, four, five races, if you compare yourself against yourself, then you have this wonderful realization. It's like, wow, I've really come a long way. So I, I'm not sure if it's the same, at least that's, that's my case. But. Oh, yeah. And no, it's true. I mean, and, and especially now that I have several years behind me and looking at it, um, I, I, when I go back to do the same race, I'm just trying to beat myself. I'm like, oh, can I get a few minutes faster than I did before? Because, you know, what's the saying about um, comparing yourself to somebody? It's the thief of joy. You know, it, it's just there's just no point in comparing yourself to somebody else. Cause you, you don't have, you don't have the same background. You don't have the same genetics. You don't have the same, um, whatever, you know, most, most of the people that I train with, they've been doing this since they were little children, you know, and here I step in at this age, they're, 
there's no way that I'm ever going to um, be at their level, but that's okay because I'm at my level and, and, and I get better at my level each year. And you're enjoying the process. I guess that's the most important. I exactly. I can't imagine my life without triathlon. And, and I've said, even if I didn't have races, um, I would still do the training because it has made me into the person that I am today. So what is your training routine like right now? Um, I'm at, well, I train six days a week, basically. I have a great coach who understands the intensity for me can't be the same as, you know, for somebody else. But I, I train about anywhere from 10 to 14 hours a week. Um, one of those being an open water swim that I lead on Tuesday night, um, with a, maybe a couple other swims. I do a lot of hill work for running because I'm not, um, like running, I I'm trying to avoid injuries from running. So I do a lot of incline walks and, and sprints and, uh, and then biking. I do about Oh, three days a week, maybe six, six hours or so of biking and then some strength thrown in there. Very nice. And I've seen that, uh, from, from the races you've done, uh, there's one race, my God, that I have this on my, on, how do you say on my bucket list that is <laughs> such a beautiful place. It's in, in St. George in, in, in Utah. No. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? That is, it's a great race. I've, I've only swam on a relay for that race because I love the swim there. Um, it's a really hard race. Uh, you know, they had it as a full Ironman for a while and then they stopped it because it was so hard. Um, uh, but it is ranked one of the, it's the North American championship. So it's ranked one of the hardest race, half Ironman races in Utah, but the, if you've seen the pictures, it's just there, the scenery can't be beat. Um, it's a great swim in uh, the sand hollow reservoir and then biking. Um, you end up going up these red in snow Canyon, you go up through the red, uh, the red Hills. And, and then the run also goes up through those red, red dirt Hills. It's, it's an incredible race. But I have, beautiful. yeah, I've always just, I've always been on a relay team for the swim because there are lots of people who don't want to do the swim. So <laughs> it's, it's a good way of doing the race. <laughs> that was the slowest Ironman to fill, I think, ever in the U.S. Uh, race calendar. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's generally, it's hot. I mean, there's been a couple of years where it's been uh, cold, uh, but generally it's 90 degrees. Ooh. So it's, it's a hot uh, dry race. Yeah. Now is the swim in the same place where they had, um, I, I just remember all the wind and waves and pulling people out of the water. Is it the same location? That, still? Yep. Yes, it is that wow. same one. And, and I've, I've done it for four years, I think four or five years. And there's been times where it's been windy and there's been not quite white caps, like when they had that, that one year, but windy and rainy, there's nothing like swimming in a, um, a lake when it's raining on you. I don't know. It's a weird feeling. Um, but like this year, this year I had my best swim ever there, best 70.3 swim. And it was, the water temperature was perfect and it was smooth. It was great. So we get, we got all sorts of weather down there, but yeah, it's, it's a beautiful race and it's fun. It brings a lot of the 
pros there. And so, and they're always accessible, you know, to meet and talk to. Yeah, yeah. So yes, it's definitely a bucket list re- uh, race. Yes, we'll do, we'll do for sure. So that kind of brings me to a question I like to ask people because, of course, triathletes are connected all over the world. What is the thing you like most about training where you live? And what is the thing you like least about training where you live? <laughs> uh, the, where I live right at this moment, um, what I like is uh, accessibility to anything I need. Um, I actually, I'm going to do a bike ride in the morning and I just walk out my front door and I can go do my 90 minute bike ride without having to drive anywhere. Um, I see a lot of people, um, you know, have to load their bikes up and then drive places to, to get a ride in, but we have, I can run and ride from my front doorstep here. So that is really great. We have a lot of trails, we have roads that are bike friendly and, uh, and then swimming, we have, we have a lot of, of pools around. And then the place where I do the open water swim, it's about a half an hour drive to get to, but you've seen the pictures. Yeah. There is no better place. <laughs> this lake that, or the reservoir that we swim at, it is, it, it's definitely my happy place and it's within, you know, less than an hour drive. So it's really great. And the least. <laughs> um, and what do I not like? Um, the weather, the winters, I, I'm not a cold weather person, even though I live in Utah. Um, I I came down here. I moved to Utah in 1981, so long time ago, and had never been around the snow because I'm from up where you are uh, in Oregon, and we didn't have snow like this. And so it took me a long time to get used to it, and I learned how to adapt to it. But I really miss I miss being outside, um, and so there's a lot of hours in the winter that we're, I'm on my trainer inside and that gets boring. <laughs> so what are you, what are you training for right now? Are there any races coming up? Um, there are, I'm doing local races. Uh, we have a great community of local races here, but, uh, my half Ironman races this year are Atlantic city in September and the new Waco Ironman Waco in October. And then uh, I'm going to go for one more Ironman. I'm going to shoot for Cozumel in November. Nice. Um, oh, cool. My, I don't know if you, my Ironman journey has been a little bit difficult. I, I signed up for my very first one was Ironman Texas um, in 2014. And it took me several Ironman races to actually complete one. (laughs) So my first one, I realized that I didn't know what I was doing and I ended up um, bailing out on the bike um, just past the halfway point because I was undernourished and uh, didn't know what I was doing. So, um, so I actually quit that one, which was the first time I'd ever quit a race. Um, So then I decided I had to go back for another one. And uh, unfortunately, I signed up for Ironman Cabo, which for me was not the ideal race because it's hot and humid and hilly. And um, I actually got pulled on that one. (laughs) And you'd think that would be enough to make me say, okay, maybe I'm just not meant to do a full Ironman. (laughs) (laughs) But then then I signed up for, um, I decided to go for a flat one, Florida. 
And uh, so in 2016, I signed up for Ironman Florida and really got into training, going hardcore. I knew I was going to be able to do this one. And uh, in June, the race is in November. In June of that year, I crashed and I broke, I crashed during a race. Um, I broke my clavicle, my left clavicle and my right thumb destroyed it, took an ambulance ride, had to have surgery. So I I should have been down and out. Um, But within a few days of my surgery, I was, I had my bike set up on my trainer and uh, was trying to crank out 15 or 20 minutes at a time so that I wouldn't lose what I'd had. And uh, I was kind of being encouraged to bail on the Ironman race, but I thought, no, I'm going to, I'm going to push forward and try to do what I can. And so I drove my doctor nuts trying to get permission to do things. But as soon as he gave me permission to, to, to run or to bike, and then finally to swim, um, I was doing it. I ended up going to the race and completing the race, but I was nine minutes over the time limit. Oh man. So, That's harsh. Yeah. Oh. I know. I know. But I was happy because I got through the whole thing. Every time I reached a new milestone during the race, I, I said, Oh yay, I you know, I've gotten past this hurdle. I'm gonna do this. So then of course so you know that's on a Saturday night, Monday morning, I signed up to do it again in twenty seventeen. <laughs> And that's when I finally finished it. Wow. <laughs> well, within the time limit. So, yeah. So then now that, that was, is tenacity. Yeah, exactly. I'm just too dumb to stop. <laughs> <laughs> or that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something. You can spin it either way. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But, yeah, it felt, it felt really good. I mean, I worked really hard to kind of, I mean, I'm never going to be a, you know, even a 14-hour Ironman, but, but. I, I made it with, I finally could call myself an Ironman. So I was really happy on that. You heard the words. I did. I did hear the words. So that was, it was amazing. And I felt really good about finally getting that, hitting that goal. And so it took a little while. I said that was going to be it. Took a little while, but I decided to do one more. So that's what I, that's my ultimate training for this year. Wow. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why we bring you these stories on Human Social Triathlon. <laughs> Boom. No kidding. <laughs> it's just such a great sport. Yeah, I mean, it's just so crazy to think where you were and when you crossed an Ironman. It's just, it's just insane. Yeah. I, I mean, if my, my parents are both gone, if they were alive, they, they just wouldn't believe. My mom used to laugh because I tried to get out of gym all the time when I was PE in school. It would be amazing to go tell that. 16 year old girl what she'd be doing in a few years <laughs> have you run into anybody from your past or like an old teacher or old friend school or reunion or something you know that from the miracle of facebook you know i'm friends with a few people from from my high school and and i don't have conversations with them but every once in a while they'll pipe up with some comment about something uh that i've done and I, I know they just shake their head and go, there is no way this is the same girl that we knew in high school. <laughs> wow. I'm, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Have you, have you thought about giving some sort of personal motivation speeches or something like that? But I think you have <laughs> so much material for that. Well, I, I've been told I should write a book, but yeah, I don't, 
I don't, I think that's why I, I try, what I try to do with my Instagram posts is I, I tried writing a blog for a while, but it, you have to be so disciplined to do that. And, uh, I, I'm, I don't feel like I have enough material for a whole blog post, but I, I try to do a, an Instagram post every day that, um, and it, it'll be either triathlon related or recovery related. And, uh, I, if I can reach somebody and let them know that they're not alone and, and that, you know, no matter what they're going through, that their change is possible and that, um, that they can do it, you know, then that's, that's kind of where I go with my motivation. Yeah. Yeah. And I've actually had people, I've had people reach out to me from all over the place that, you know, oh, I have a brother who's going through this or a sister that has this. And so it's kind of fun to, to know that I can make a difference and, and help somebody know that they're not alone. Sort of the power of the global connected triathlon community. Yes. Exactly. How has your perception and mindset about life, about the world, and just about yourself changed pre-triathlon and after finding triathlon? Triathlon has given me um, a confidence and a belief in myself that I never really knew I had. Um, I, the saying, I can do hard things. Um, I, I truly believe that now I, I always used to push back whenever anyone would try to get me to do something that was out of my comfort zone. And now, um, I'm, I'm willing to try. I'm really a play on words, but I'm willing to, I'm willing to attempt something if it's, if it's a big hill climb or, or, you know, a huge swim. I, I did escape from Alcatraz and I didn't complete the race, but I did the swim. Um, and jumping off that boat was one of the hugest things in my life <laughs> to do. And, and yeah, that's a tough swim. Stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I beyond my wildest dreams, there's no way that I ever would have ever thought that that was something I could do before triathlon, before I started into the sport. And what's the message you want everyone listening to take away from your story? that everyone can do it. There, there is, you are limitless and, and the only limits you have are what, what's in your mind. And so you just have to, you have to take that leap of faith. And so what if you're going to fail? Just, you know, just try it. See if, uh, see if it's for you. It's not for everybody, but it, it's something that can enrich your life. Absolutely. Uh, are there any, any people you'd like to give a shout out to here? Sure. I want to, I want to say thanks to my very first coach, Liz, that told me I could do it when I didn't think I could. Uh, she, she was so kind and loving and, and uh, just believed in me when I, I didn't believe in me. And then all of my BAM community here, my Salt Lake uh, triathlon community, they, we're, we are all ages and all abilities. And I have never felt uh, like an outsider, I've never felt less than, and so I appreciate all of all of them um, in just loving me for who I am and and believing that that I belong into the triathlon community, and my family, of course, and for all of their support. Awesome. And where can everyone find you online? On Instagram, I'm at Tri Suze Martin. 
that's the best way to find me. And uh, last question, why do you try? To be a better version of myself every day and to challenge myself uh, to push farther than I ever thought I could. Yep. Love that. Definitely. All right. You are living that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I try every day. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot for sharing your journey with us, Suzanne. It was a real pleasure chatting with you. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely inspirational. This is awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely inspirational journey. Definitely. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show and love the hot podcast, we'd love for you to head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Your review helps us out a lot and would be very much appreciated. Thank you all again for being a part of this community and be sure to join us again next week for another episode where we will bring you another amazing guest and story. Until then, my friends, keep trying. Keep trying.